0: Do you believe there are angels among us? I do, and Neil does, and we've had some really special experiences here in Hawaii with our family members who have passed on. So today we're discussing the idea of angels in the form of family members and ancestors looking out for us, helping us, cheering us on, encouraging us in our darkest moments, and giving us a little nudge when we need it. I promise you that you do have people on the other side who love you, care about you, and want to help if you'll be open to receiving it. So hello from Hawaii. We are on the North Shore of Oahu on our last, not only last day, but last like couple hours of vacation. We were invited by some friends to come stay in their beautiful home on the North shore and bring our family. So we decided to bring our two oldest girls. They had school off on Monday and we've had an amazing time here and we extended the trip just a little bit from the four days that we stayed with friends in their home to a couple more days at our favorite little place, Turtle Bay. And we decided that for this week's podcast episode, we would just share a devotional that we did this week and the devotionals were really cool. Do you want to kind of talk about that?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it was a cool idea. The, you know, the family that we're staying with, um, the, the dad, the father of the family was like, Hey, every morning, 7am, we're going to, we're going to all get together and do these devotionals just to start the day off. And so they, if you know, each family or there were, there were kind of three different families, including us. So each family took a day or a morning to to share a devotional kind of a, a brief little thought or spiritual thought and kind of have a prayer and then go throughout the day. So ours was the, the last day or the last devotional. And so we kind of talked about being in Hawaii. It's like a, it's a really for us. And I think for a lot of people, it's like a really spiritual place. And in the Polynesian culture, um, There's, there's kind of a strong, and you can feel it on the island. There's a strong sense of tradition, strong sense of like being connected to your ancestors and your, um, kind of your, your roots and your history. And for me, you know, my roots are, um, part in part Polynesian, um, my, my great grandma or my grandma's, um, Samoan,
0: our children's great grandma,
1: our children's great grandma, my dad's, um, you know, grew up in Samoa, and so there's always been that strong connection. I spent summers over here in Hawaii. So there's kind of a, a feeling or a connection to your ancestors, to your relatives. It's, it's a very strong culture of, of family kind of at the center of it. So we talked about this in our devotional that we did. And th- I love the story from the Bible. It's in Kings. It's about the prophet um, Elisha. And he, they get, they're encompassed, their, we've talked about this actually on the podcast before, but um, there's armies that are after Elisha because he, he upset, you know, a king. And so the king sent armies after him, and they're surrounded in the city uh, by, by these armies. And so they wake up in the morning, they see it, the servant of Elisha comes out and sees it. And this is kind of what he says. He says, um... And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, this is in 2 Kings six fifteen and through 17, uh, when he's risen early and gone forth, behold, an host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So the, you know, Elisha prays for this, this servant that he can see with spiritual eyes, the support, the, the strength that's with them. And so he's, you know, kind of, spiritually sees all of these horses and chariots that are there in the spiritual realm supporting and backing up them against this this you know army so the concept and, and really what we talked about was that there are people on the other side in the spiritual realm that are pulling for us and and that's something that um, that I believe and that under the direction of god and and through kind of his way of, of allowing people to be a part of his work or, or working through others that our ancestors help us. Um, and, and that's something that that even in within our, our religion, our faith, we do work for the dead, meaning like people who have passed on before that will go to our our temple and do um, like baptisms for them who were not baptized and or family members or others. So it's, there's a strong connection there in the genealogy realm, in the, you know, the temple work realm. Um, And then other faiths as well. Um, A lot of the Eastern religions and and whatnot, they, they have a strong connection to ancestors and people. And um, in, you know, South American cultures, you've got things like the, you know, the day of the dead and, you know, there's that whole, Coco, the whole, the -hmm. the Disney movie talks about that. Um, And it's all about your ancestors. So really, really cool concept. I believe that. And for me personally, I feel like, you know, I've had, I have a, a couple of brothers that are on the other side and I feel them with me constantly, at least one of them. And I, one of them at a time. And I feel it alternates between sometimes it's Dave that's with me. Sometimes it's Steve, but one of them is constantly with me. Um, and I think we did some baptisms for the dead. We went to the temple with our oldest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we both felt like my grandma, who worked as a temple worker in the Laia Temple, Hawaii Temple, for years, for decades, um, was was there, was a part of that. And it was really cool just to feel that sense of connection with her.
0: And that was interesting for me because... We went to the temple on the five-year anniversary of Dave's passing. And I kind of walked in there with um, not an expectation, but like, a, oh, if we were to feel someone's presence there, he was on my radar for that day. Like, it would probably be Dave or maybe Steve because Steve loved Hawaii. It was not at all on my radar to think about Bella, but it was so interesting that we sat down to do that temple work with Annie and I felt her presence and, it, and I felt her just so happy that we were there doing that with Annie. And it just made perfect sense to me. Like, oh, of course she would have special interest in Annie going to the temple for her first time because, first of all, she's named after your Grandma Bella. And that's how we got that bell part of Annabelle from Grandma Bella. And, you know, she met Annie before she passed away. And I just think that, also because that was kind of her special place. Like you said, like so many reasons why that would have been important for her to show up that day. So I felt like, I I think sometimes it's like a little God nod as my friend Billy likes to remind me. We talked about that in one conversation here in Hawaii, but I think there are little things like that where if it's not something that was even on your radar, it's not something that you were even thinking about. And then it happens to you to me that's even more of a sign that oh this wasn't my own thinking this wasn't I wasn't like imagining that you know maybe this person would be with us or this you know spirit from the other side it was like completely not what I was expecting and just like a really beautiful surprise
1: yeah no and that's a lot of times I think it is kind of like that and, and it's when we're not expecting it or when there's a need or something's going on. Um, it, it's just really cool. There's been a lot of experiences for us like that. And it feels like Hawaii just brings out a lot of that. I, I think there's a strong spiritual connection. You can feel it when you come here and, and feel that connection to you know, the spiritual realm, to spirituality in general. And it's just really cool to, to sense that?
0: Well, I just believe that the veil is a little bit thinner here. And the veil is something that we talk about in our faith that like there's, when you go from the earthly realm to the spiritual realm, that there's like a veil that we, you know, that we pass through and it just feels thinner here. It feels like we're closer to heaven here. So I think that has been a constant for both of us to have a lot of spiritual experiences and experiences with family members who have passed away while we're here.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: I learned a lot about angels from a Sunday school teacher and mentor of mine, Enzio Bushe, who some people remember as a general authority in our church, but he was my Sunday school teacher in high school, which was such a treat. And If you read some of his books, he talks about angels a lot. And this is one quote that I pulled up. He says, there are powers surrounding us, trying to help us. We do not understand what is happening. That someone from the other side who loves us dearly is watching over us, trying to bring us to a state of awakening and wanting to help us. And I remember learning from him about angels when I was a teenager And realizing that there really were people, family members on the other side who were watching out for me or nudging me or helping me. And how many times maybe have we been saved from harm or helped in a little way that, you know, something nudged us or something worked out because a family member on the other side helped that to happen. I really believe that that's a real thing and that it happens all the time. And... I mean, cute little Lila, her share. So when we did those devotionals, everybody shared things. And so there were a lot of things that were shared about family members or ancestors or people that we feel close to from the other side. But Lila shared that she feels like it's really special that when she was born, we gave her the name Lila because we just liked it. It was like the only name that we could agree on. And then as soon as she was born, my, my grandpa called and said, do you know that I had an Aunt Lila? And so upon realizing that, we were like, oh, well, this is so meant to be because our middle name is Lucille after one of your favorite aunts from when you were a child. And so after that, we just kept that tradition alive and have named all of our kids after family members or ancestors. And I think it's really cool because you do give kids a sense of who they are being connected to whether you name your kids after family members or not knowing where they came from, knowing things about their family, I believe really helps them to thrive and then it also helps them to feel like they're not alone, like the story of Elijah.
1: Yeah, and there's and there's even like studies that have been done on it, um, right. that kids that are taught about their ancestors or their family that they have a strong family tie or connection that they it creates more stability in their lives or more meaning or identity. It's like that family identity is really powerful for them.
0: Here's the research. Research has shown that children who know, know more about their families and family history are more resilient and tend to do better when facing challenges in life which makes a lot of sense. And I feel like when I went through my miscarriages, I thought a lot about my favorite pioneer ancestor, Jane Johnston Black, who, you know, helped like, man, she must've been so hardy. Like she went through walking across, America with other women like in hand carts and in wagons and delivered babies all along the way and then once they got to Utah and had absolutely nothing like they were building from literally you know dirt and sticks and the ground up and she delivered thousands and thousands of babies and I, she had a record of over 3,000 babies that she delivered and so As a midwife, I I have thought of her a lot and felt her strength, whether she was with me, like actually by my side or not. Just the fact that she did really, really hard things gave me strength to think about, okay, this is like nothing. This is like small potatoes compared to some of the things that my pioneer ancestors faced and faced with a lot of determination and strength. And so if they can do it, I can do it.
1: Yeah. And I I think for me, like on that same line there's a part of me that's like you know what that's built into my dna Mm -hmm. like my ancestors were pioneers or you know polynesians and they they did this and well you know we'll joke about it or whatever like different things like oh it's you know your polynesian side's coming out like you know whatever you're you're good at something or you're you have a strength somewhere or something like that um but I think that there's, there's something to that. And, and I think that that can give us confidence in good way, in a good way and, and feel that connection and that there are gifts associated with that heritage and, and, you know, some favors that were done for us, um, from our, our ancestors, from those who went before, uh, which, which is really cool it's really powerful.
0: Yeah. I also really believe that Certain family members will take special interest in, you know, people who are still on the earth to help them accomplish things that, like, are personal to them. And the reason why I share that or I feel like I have a personal um, experience with that is when I did my 12 steps, I had a really strong experience with my grandpa, which... When I was a kid, I was super close with my grandpa, and then he passed away when I was six. And, you know, when you're six years old, your world is, like, you know, tiny. It's, like, ten people big or, you know, maybe 30 if you count, like, people in your neighborhood or at church or whatever. But your world is very small, especially with people that you know intimately at that young age. And so he was one of, like, the four closest people to me. At that time in my life, I was an only child. At that point, and I had my parents and my grandparents that I knew really well, so, and and we spent a lot of time together. He, my kids, love this story that he would sneak me out of the house early and take me down to his lakeshore restaurant and eat pie for breakfast with me, which he totally wasn't supposed to be doing because he was diabetic, and he used that as just as an excuse. But it was so bonding, and so and I felt so loved, and he always treated me with so much love and kindness and he was fun and he was he was just magic to me. And so doing my steps years later, I knew that my grandpa was an alcoholic before I was born and that he got sober in AA and that happened right about the time that I was born, maybe slightly before. But he got sober right around the time that I was born through AA and it was court ordered. And so when I did my 12 steps and I learned about living amends, where if you can't restore something because it's gone, like that time is gone or that opportunity is gone, one way you can do that is to make a living amends and kind of like pay it forward. And I just remember hitting, that hitting me so hard one time, the understanding and the revelation that like I was my grandpa's living amends to my mom, that I really believe that he spent those years just being so dedicated and loving and and deeply invested in my relationship with him so that he could make a living amends to my mom for the years that he was addicted to alcohol and, you know, maybe some of the things that he couldn't restore from her childhood. And it was so beautiful to me. And not only that that really cool realization that our relationship was part of a living amends, but also I've felt his guiding hand I felt him having a special interest in us finding recovery and his that he really cared that we figured that out not only just so we could help ourselves but then I think he knew that we would then turn around and help others and so I felt that I and so was he a part of us being you know prompted to get to California where we found these incredible recovery groups or was he a part of You know, you stumbling into just the right room that you found people that you bonded with or, or me meeting, you know, another wife who I connected with, or I don't know, or even like finding my sponsor Mandy's story on the internet. I mean, how many of those things was he involved in? I won't know until the next life, but I have definitely felt more than once that just like message from heaven that he cares and that he's been involved. And I guarantee you, whoever is listening to this, that you have family members and people in your life on the other side who deeply care about whatever really hard thing is going on in your life, that you have ancestors who have been through very similar or the same things and that they're taking a special interest in your challenges and your weaknesses and your heartache and your despair and they're there to help you. And so for me, that that gives me a lot of hope and strength that if they did it, then I can too. And that I'm not just doing it alone, that somebody is there just kind of like guiding or prompting or nudging or or maybe just making it a little bit easier for me sometimes. And I, I can't see it, but maybe I will someday, you know, when I get to be somebody else's angel.
1: Totally. No, that makes sense to me too. And like, I think... A lot of times, for for me and and I think for us in our faith, it's not it's not necessarily that we're like we're praying to or worshiping our ancestors or or something like that. But it's but I believe that like it's under the direction of God. I mm-hmm. mean, it, God works on this earth through us to answer prayers. I mean, how many times have you had somebody just out of the blue say something or you know offer you an opportunity? that that was so in line with something you'd been praying for Mm -hmm. and God worked through somebody here to offer that opportunity or answer that prayer. And I think in the spiritual realm, it would make total sense to me that it's the same way that, that, yeah, could God do it himself? Absolutely. But I think as part of our learning, our growth and our spiritual progression um, that he, he works through, those in the spiritual realm. And I think you've got scriptural biblical examples of angels and different people showing up at different times to deliver messages. You know, the birth of Christ, you've got, you know, angels appearing to shepherds and all these different people. It's, it's not, you know, not necessarily God himself. Oftentimes he's working through others in both the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. But it's all under his direction. It's all in line with his will for us mm-hmm. as we're opening ourselves up to him and, and to listen and be kind of preparing our hearts and our minds to be connected with, with the spiritual realm that we can have those experiences. So such a cool concept and, and truth, really, I believe.
0: Well, one thing I thought of, too, when you were sharing that, When you said be open to that was, you know, when Dave passed away, I kind of learned that I have this gift of being able to receive messages or communicate with relatives who have passed away because Dave communicated to me several times. And at first I was like, why me? Why don't you just talk to Neil? Because they were all messages for you pretty much. Um, I can only think of one time that he's spoken to me directly, but I think that, you know, we all have different gifts and, and that gift kind of scared me and I, I received messages from him and was open to it for a while. And then it kind of got to be too much. And, you know, I I eventually asked for that to go away for a time because I just, it was such a heavy burden to bear. And you were really understanding about that at the time that you were like, "I, I see that this is a lot for you to carry And so we did, we asked for that to go away through prayer and I think a priesthood blessing even, and which is something we believe in. And then when I was here earlier this year in May, or sorry, last year in May, I was talking to a friend here in Hawaii who has also had experiences like that. And she stopped me that night, it was at a women's retreat before we all went to bed. And she said, you know, Corinne, I really feel like I should tell you that it would be be a great blessing to your family if you were open to receiving that gift again. And I just felt the spirit, like, hit me so hard and that her words were true and that I needed to be open to that. So that night, like, I knelt down and prayed and asked God, like, if you're willing to, you know, bestow that gift upon me again. Like, I'm, I'm open and I'm willing to receive it. And the next morning, I just... Had a really beautiful, very spiritual, tender experience with both of your brothers. And that wouldn't have happened if my friend wouldn't have told me, you know, I understand why you did that at one point, but you should be, you should consider maybe being open to it again because I think it could really bless your family. And it has, it's been such a great blessing to us and I think to you. And, you know, there are certain spiritual gifts that you have that I don't have that you're willing and open to receiving and then blessing our family with. And so I think it is a willingness to to believe, to have faith and then to be open to help and be open to receiving messages from heaven or um, whatever way our ancestors choose or family members choose to communicate with us or heaven does. And so for me, it was like a, the component of being willing was actually very much a key. It didn't happen like against my will. Like when I was like, whoa, this is too much. There was a respect there. Like you always say God is a perfect gentleman. And I feel like there was a point in time where it was too much. And i you were understanding, I feel like God was understanding of my heart. But, you know, after a few years had passed and I was ready for that again, it has been a gift you know, to be able to receive that and to be the conduit, the, um, I don't know the better word for it, but just, you know, open to being the person that receives that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. But in general, it's been such a cool experience to be here, to feel that to be connected to people, to like my, my family. I mean, my, my grandparents are, are buried in the Ia cemetery, which is like a really old, uh, cemetery and, um, you know, very been around for a long time. And, and it's, um, it was cool just to, to go there and to feel that and be connected. Um, but really amazing just to see and, th- and think and feel the blessing of having Ancestors and people that are pulling for you in general.
0: And they do. They care and they're aware of us, and they're, I think, around us a lot more than we realize. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. We're so grateful that you spent time with us today. Make sure you go follow us at Corinne Stoko or at Mint Arrow Messages on Instagram. And then if you have a second and you love the show, I would love it so much if you'd leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the only way people can find out about us if they haven't heard about us before. So just go tap the stars, leave a rating or a review. If you have a second, we would appreciate it so much.